Okay, welcome back to another podcast. Um, we're churning these out now because um, boredom breeds creativity. So we're um, we're getting nice and thoughtful. Sounds like you're about to start um, amping up a rugby team at boys <laughs> high school. Okay. Um, yeah, so we're just chatting now and it's been, we've been thinking about it just because obviously the military is deployed now in South Africa or the SANDEF, the South African Defence Force, is out and about and we were thinking um, they got us thinking about militaries and things like that and we kind of like brought up a conversation we thought we'd just record because we're, all, we're in that kind of mindset um, what is the role of a military in the modern world or what is how, how does a mili- what is the value of a military and how it should operate now that we're I think we're in general we're quite past wars being fought on a, on a platoon scale. Like hand-to-hand. Hand-to-hand, yeah. We're, I mean, the reality now is if we have a massive ward power, it's, it's going to be a bombing fest, you know. Drones as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. And exactly. Aircraft and whatever. Yeah, I think it's... It's, um, it's, a, it's a question we should all be asking ourselves. Um, I think what got me started was that, like, thinking I was... I said um, it's... it's uh, it feels uncomfortable to me when um, armed forces are deployed in a civil situation. Obviously, you know, like I, I actually, in the beginning, I was very supportive of that decision. It just, as it, when it becomes a reality, there's a certain uncomfortable feeling that comes up, and I was trying to investigate what that, why I'm feeling uncomfortable about it. Um, and I said to you, it was like, the concern is that it's like the military doesn't seem trained in civil situations. And you're like, mm. well, why, why aren't they, you know? Yeah. Or like, what, what is it, why do you think that they're not, you know? And um, obviously neither of us have served yeah. in the military or the police. But um, from what I know about the training, um, it's quite different, you know? I think um, if you, if, if it's all going well and all going to plan and the training's being conducted in the way it's supposed to, you know, by the book, then police get far more training in civil situations. And they also, I feel, just the when it comes down to guns, yeah. they they train generally not to shoot to kill, you know? Yeah. Um, the gun yeah, is well, like there I mean, to I mean, mainly enforce obviously, power. Obviously, one of the things that came up is that the requirement of the job is very different. That's I mean, yes, both, both of them are armed, but... The reality is, is a soldier's armed to kill people. Yeah. Um, and, a, and as policemen's armed to protect people. Well, that's the thing that's scary, isn't it? You know, and so that's, that's the mentality. And these, and, these, and these people who have been armed to kill are now walking around um, educating people on COVID-19, you know, and, and, and obviously trying to keep the peace. Um, and, that's, and that's another thing, is that a, fee, a, key, a peacekeeping force isn't necessarily always a military operation. You know, obviously... The UN was a military, but it was also very much kind of what we what we think of a peacekeeping force. What do you mean the UN Peace Corps? Yeah, exactly. It was like it wasn't yeah. it wasn't there wasn't it was like a combination of everything. But what what I wanted to say about this is that is that like how do we how can we think about strong strong militaries in an age where we aren't going to necessarily you know like it's like a, it's like a very broad term but need them yeah need like them you know inverted commas. inverted commas like we're not going to go over the top and we're not going to you know um there's I, I think i think it should become more specialized in my opinion i think i think you'll always need some form of 
of of physical force organization obviously because um there's gonna be people who disagree and you know and it could be violence and stuff like that but having a large standing army and seems impractical but then having an organization of people who can then firstly obviously have the discipline um the skills required to be because the military is actually a very obviously very complex and well-oiled machine and to have something like that i think is extremely useful even in civil situations like you know flood relief or you know famine or you know the building of like nests like or the disaster you know things yeah. like that things like that with the military <laughs> in my opinion that should be a huge calling for that so you know? so um i think i'll i want to address those questions with another question and that's like and i think i mentioned in a, a situation earlier but i was like why why should that those things be the military per se yeah, you know yeah. like they could just be there so we have their own things you know so we yeah, have yeah. disaster management then we have like law enforcement then we have traffic enforcement it's already quite um exactly, split yeah. up you know yeah. like and i think i i would agree i think i we would want um what do you call it like force units yeah. in society whether any type of enforcement unit you do want them to be specialized and well trained in but specific scenarios see now so now this is yeah. what i'm thinking is that like i almost almost the way i'm thinking about it is the the value of why i keep saying the military is because you have a single person that's trained in discipline and in and acquiring and acquiring skills yeah like that's what i think a normal foot soldier in my head is is that it's just a guy that knows how to do his job and is able to then learn how to do other jobs if required and i think that's how i'm thinking of of like of like a large group of people that are then able to be then under the, under the supervision of professional of of specialists able to enact things quite well due to the discipline they offer of a thing of okay cool you get 50 you get 50 marines together and you say build a bridge and you give them like two combat engineers they'll be able to build a bridge you know but you give 50 civilians together and you say build a bridge is going to take a while right right and right. you know it's the discipline do, that I'm discussing when I'm thinking about I see it. the value I can see the value you're talking about in yeah. non civil yeah. labor yeah um and I I I do agree I think I think there's a big the 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 connection in my head uh keeps rushing back to like Maoist times yeah obviously i'm i'm thinking roman yeah as well <laughs> like the roman army built all the roads you know that But, that kind of mentality so like if you and the th- something that's super important though the reason why i'm trying to connect it with like um communist china actual communist china well if it ever existed um is like the mass education of military personnel so like like to serve any government organ you had to like prove yourself politically now that was it was super extreme in china i think and the level of extremity oh, forced a lot of bad stuff so like people you know it would there's a lot of infighting and then like tattletale and being like yes, yes, luke, yes. luke doesn't want to serve yeah, the party yeah, he said yeah, these yeah, things yeah, and yeah. you just lying and i think a lot of that from social like, from what i've read that yeah. kind of disintegrated the reality of it um yeah. even all the way at the top but i think the idea there is is important and it's something for us as civilians to 
to consider as well is like, why are we not philosophically and politically trained from a younger age? Yeah. You know, it's and to me, it's a problem of neoliberalism and consumerism. We're we're yeah. we're so um, individualistic. Or Indi- yeah, that, that's not even the the issue. That's a, almost a byproduct, in my opinion. But it's we're so uh, occupied with day to day life yeah. and all the so other this, stuff. This is what I was going to say. That we never. Yeah. We never educate ourselves, but I I also don't think that burden falls on the the individual in a society. I think it's important that that education is provided and even like um, mandatory to some extent, um, definitely for non-civil units. You yeah. know, so like if you're going to serve in the military or the police or even disaster management, fire department, any government organ. You should you should have to go through some level of um, political education so you yeah. understand firstly like what the country's about yeah. constitutionally and basic a basic grasp of like yeah. and civil rights and, and laws yeah. and processes and understanding how the bureaucracy works as yeah. well. So then it becomes very bureaucratic and, and I think you know and then there's a fine line between that and obviously what happened in Mao's China which was um, indoctrination you know and then the issue is is that. Obviously, I'm thinking about this force as a very, a very force for good and positive. But whenever you create a structure where discipline is everything and you have a hierarchical command structure, then it falls on the leadership to obviously not manipulate that situation. Yeah. You know, and then how do you have a strong, um, efficient and well, well-oiled machine without letting like the people in charge of it you know break it because then it becomes a dictatorship because the whole value of this is that in my head i'm like okay cool we need 50 schools i'm going to tell people to build 50 schools and in my head that's great yeah you know but the reality is it's, it's quite it, it becomes a little it dissolves quite quickly um you well know, i think into, what 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 you need is a a, gov- a government organization a government itself a parliament whatever that is well represented and actively represented by citizens in the country you know yeah. i think the way our democracy works in south africa it's not the easiest to play a super active role although we play probably a more active role than other democratic nations but um it's important to really have the um the participation you know like mm. and more importantly the negative top participation so like a lot of us, a lot of people in general will trust government to make good decisions. You know, mm. like that's, it, well, it, yeah. it sounds like a weird thing to say, but it genuinely, sure. it rely, the, the peace in a country, it relies on the trust of its citizens for the government to make like at least decent decisions, even if they don't agree with them all the time. Yeah. Um, and the burden of responsibility on the voter or the the citizen in society is to um, strongly criticize when they feel like that's not happening, right? So you you need that participation so that your government organization is able to um, control your armed forces and your um, other force agencies. You need need the buy-in, you know? And and something we chatted about was was like I don't know if you I don't know if you watched Starship Troopers or read the book. I haven't. Anyway, Starship Troopers um, was basically 
um, like written by a guy who who was kind of like writing it as like a satire of the Vietnam War in a way, where he was just saying that the idea of having a required military thing. I mean, explored a lot of things. Basically, one of the concepts was civil civil service, and you had to earn your right to be a civilian uh, citizen. Like you were a, you were a civilian until you became a citizen. Um, which then afforded you rights. And in order to do that, you had to do military service. Okay. You know? Um, and I think there's a lot of value in that concept when you think about civil service, not yeah, yeah. military service, of where you have a large group of people that in some time in their life, they they added value to the organization. So there's there's kind of a required buy-in. Yeah. If you you know? And I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, it's kind of like, okay, cool. You know, if you want to benefit from the work that we're all we're all paying tax and we're all doing this, you know, you should you should give give some work back, you know, and I think there's a lot of value in exploring the idea of like civil service and not mandatory civil service. I mean, civil service in the sense of how the U.S. runs its military, where you go to the military in order to upskill yourself so that you can then explore other jobs because you couldn't quite get into university on your own, you know, whether it was funding or whether it was you know, and that's how they bribe their citizens. Um, into yeah. military service, you know, and I've got a mate that wants to do that as well, um, you know, where you can then study afterwards. And I think that has a lot of value, for instance, if you think of it as in, okay, cool, for one year you you get paid uh, like a salary that you can survive on and you do work, whether it be administrative or building a road or something like that, where you can add value to a governmental body and then at the end of that, you can obviously then have an opportunity to explore other things. And I think, in my head, that should be the transition of, of civil service, you know? Because it doesn't make any sense to learn to shoot a gun when, like, that's not how we're going to fight wars, you know? It's just... Yeah, and I mean, we don't... Ideally, we wouldn't want to be... We wouldn't want to be, we wouldn't want to be in a war anyway. Wars. And it wouldn't make any sense, like, who are you going to fight? And then the trade embargoes, and then just... In the global, globalised economy... You know, the only wars being fought currently are... Well, um, I think that that word is the key there. Global, globalized economy or uh, yeah. globalization. I think that's something to consider in this in the um, conversation about um, civil services. Like, really what it, what it is or what it should be is a time given in serving society in general, yeah. like a global society. Yeah. Yes, especially if you live in a country where more participation is necessary, you yeah, know, i.e. a country yeah. where a lot of stuff still needs to get done, you know, like we have things that aren't right and aren't um, running 100% smoothly. You need the participation in those activities yeah. to get them up to scratch. Then it should be focused locally. Yeah. But it's a general thing. Like, you, you, it shouldn't be like a nationalist and then that's the thing. Um, like, even, even if you if you look at like South Korea after the Korean War, and obviously, I mean, the U.S. pumped a lot of money into that. But the the thing is, is with the idea of the fact that people for the first two generations gave up, like they, they all kind of came together to work in the steel factories in order to get the economy going, you know. And they there was the kind of mentality, and I, I read a couple, an art, well, I read a book on it where it was kind of how it was this generational feeling of they understood that. In order to get what country they had together, they all had to sacrifice to put the work in to get things done. You know, and I think that's a very easy concept to understand until, like, you start ask, asking adults, and I use adults very loosely, yeah. of this idea of, okay, cool. It's the same thing. Like, in preschool, you understand, 
you have to do work in order to get get somewhere and it seems like this thing of you become you turn 20 or 18 and now you're out of school and now there's nothing holding you back and the idea of asking those people to be like hey why don't you give up a year or whatever and and come and, and come work in this thing so that we can all help the country together is such a crazy concept but it, it's logical just like well then how else is it going to get done if we're all if we're all doing it then it would you know, many would, many hands make light work. It, like it would, yeah, it would, it would immediate. The, the results would be would see the results immediately. So and it's the same. It's the same. I think thing. it would sell itself once it started. Hundred percent. And it's the same thing of how in like the nineteen fifties, where after things like it was kind of like this thing of you know the dad was like, oh my son's unruly, you know he should go to the military. And you ship off to the military and he comes back as like a gentleman and he's respectful and he's disciplined now, you know, of this kind of concept. And that's well, that's an extreme example. I mean, there's a lot of value in, in, in doing that in the sense of um, of going to go work somewhere. And I mean, there's a lot of parents who, I mean, I've heard the conversation all the time where parents are like, oh, I wish my child would just understand responsibility, you know, that kind of conversation. And I think that inside of civil service is would be beneficial of having like a, a workforce that was able to do that you know yeah without it being fully communist like it, now, doesn't, it doesn't even have to be communist no I think, I think well I think the important thing is like for me the a part of if you're gonna have some sort of mandatory civil service right which I agree with I think that is a perfect perfect scenario to introduce like thought training like people should be provided with political and philosophical content that they can learn about and understand like the workings of thought and the workings of yeah. society and sociology and um, and just like grasp what's going on or engage with the world yeah. you know because get an opportunity a, to actually engage with the world before yeah. they get so distracted by their own lives you know yeah and I get what you're saying like kind of like a university like a crash course university like these things could be kind of workforces and where was I, I read a book called Utopia that was written back in like the 1800s um, about a guy that basically made up a world and what he describes is a, is a utopian communist state in, in a way but, I mean, that's a great book. You guys should check it out if you... <laughs> it's called Utopia. But the point is, is that there's a lot of value in, in firstly, the work, but the danger of, of having, of, like, the pitch now, and I can imagine there's a whole bunch of, like, all the people that are like, yeah, but then, but then you can just, you know, indoctrinate people and they can go off on their own. And, and so that's the issue of how do you create an open, an open education system in, like, in a in a structured kind of environment. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, how I know. Do you, how I know do you not you, make it sound like you indoctrination? Know what, you know what it's, what's difficult for me is, is the, there's, the neoliberal teachings are so strong right now in this day and age that there's so much for us to overcome. And, <clears throat> That's the, that's the problem. You're absolutely right. That is the hurdle. Is everyone's going to disagree on what people need to get taught. Yeah. However, like I'm inclined to say, you, 
in a in a non-practical scenario, I would I would say, well, I'll set the read not myself, but like we set the reading list very clearly and strategically. However, yeah. I, I, I know that there's always going to be disagreements, you know. Um, but I'm inclined to say we'll provide a whole spectrum of information and um, encourage discussion and stuff. And I truly believe that if you rationally discuss ethics um, and politics and ideology in general um, in, a, in a rational and um, productive way, you'll come to a lot of similar places. People will come to a lot of similar places. So, I, I, so, so adding to that, I think, I think hitting the nail on the head, I think it becomes less of a thing of, of giving them a set amount of knowledge. I think the fact that we have the internet means knowledge is arbitrary. I think what, what would be more important is in this, in this scenario where we have a group of people um, doing something, we'd be creating the same kind of situation that, that we, we had the chat the other day about how I don't feel smart because I didn't go through the same steps other people went through in university. You know, where it's more important isn't the information as much as the culture yeah, how of, you think. of rational d- debate and things like that. And then inside of that, it will be very quickly, like, for instance, if you're like me, as soon as you become slightly aware of something, you think you know the answer. And then you just slowly get beat down by people who know more to the point where you're like, okay, cool, I know nothing, I'm going to educate myself. You know, and then you come back into the fault, you know, because you're able then to explore it for yourself. And that's a part of being young. Um, but in general, I think that kind of framework of understanding where it's not necessarily knowledge, but it's the, it's the rational debate and the conversation and that part of the education is probably fundamentally more important than... You mean the, a, a teacher method of thinking or how, how to think as opposed to what to think? Yes, exa- exactly what we're doing here, you know, of just um, of making thought practical and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I didn't go to university, so I'm, I'm speaking from what you've told me. But in general, there's like a, a requirement to enter into conversation to know about what you're talking about, you know? Yeah. And if we can make that an important thing, I think the world changes, firstly. <laughs> but a practical way of doing that would be creating the culture where you have that discussion, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I do. Um, and I think that solves the problem of the knowledge. Yeah, it, I mean, I don't know if it will solve it, but it's a good start. That's, I'm that is that's a satisfactory start for me to be like, okay, well, people are going to be provided with skills to to think. Yeah. Um, and I th- I think there is certain stuff that needs to be provided later on, but um, but it will all be provided. You just have it all. That's what I'm kind of going for. Where you have everything's available to you. Um, but there's just a structure of, of conversation and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's back to the going back to the military thing. I think to answer the initial question, like what role does military play? Yeah, I would say at this point, or even just in a, from a local perspective here, um, the military can be used as a very useful tool, like you said, to um, improve society, etc., etc., which I'm, I'm not sure it does at the moment. No. Um, it's there's, very, a of, there's a lot of pride that comes from having a military. It's very inaccurate. In I know, but that's the exact type of thing we need to move away from because no, pride no. is nationalistic. So we don't want 
a nationalist army. That's you don't want people shouldn't be in the army because they want to defend South Africa. That that's the wrong idea. Yeah. You should be what the kind of education I'm talking about is that you should be serving in the military if, if that's what you want to do. You don't want to serve society. But even then you don't want evangelist um military members. What do you mean? Like so let's say we like we, we we, we have this system and people are educated now and then they're like, okay, cool, South Africa's the greatest. You know, we, we have good yeah, thought why system. We're not, no one's educated, no one that's at the opposite of what you no, 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 that's what I'm saying. So, so, yeah. me, so we have a good constitutional system, our laws are the best, everything we do is the most practical, therefore you should listen to what we're saying. Okay. You know, because it can very quickly go... Are you saying you don't want that? I'm saying I don't want that, okay. but I'm saying is that that's the danger of having, of having it like, okay, cool, everyone's educated. You know, and then people bec- run off with it and like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, like, because of that, we're the best. You know, you know what I'm trying to say? Oh, sure. I think that's, a, that's something that we have to constantly be aware of. Yeah. But a- again, it comes, down to, it comes down to method of thinking and remembering what they has to. So you can provide people with tools. But there has to be core ideology. That's the thing that I can't escape in this conversation. There has to be core ideology. Otherwise, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, the idea of free thought, and I'm putting inverted commas around that, is that you can like think whatever you want, but like, you you actually can't. It's the same as like having a whole lot of rights. You can't just have rights without responsibility. Yeah. In the same way, you can't just think what you want without being responsible for the thoughts that you have. So you have to ground the thinking you do in ideology that makes sense you can't ground it or not have it grounded or whatever you know it's like having the, the right of free speech people love to talk about it yeah you can't just say whatever you want to say your words have an impact on the world you have to use that right that you have with responsibility you know yeah. and that's why you know like now we we've got more hectic in South Africa about for enforcing the responsibilities of those rights, you know, so yeah. like you can't use free speech to be racist or um, that type of thing. So I think you, there still has to be some sort of core ideology underlying and that's like, that comes from asking human questions like okay. um, what, what are ethics, like what position what does it mean to be human doesn't am i a self-interested animal or am i interested in am i drawn to something more than just being a self-interested animal these are the first questions you have to ask yourself and then after that you can start coming with the more complex societal based questions that only comes afterwards but there has to be a core ideology to start with so yeah so basically (laughs) Don't think the military should be as as imperialist imperialistic as it is. Um, you know, I don't think our military is imperialist no, at no, all. No, I don't think it is. But I think militaries in general. Yes. Like the, the, the idea, idea, of, the a idea of invading is a country is is arbitrary. It, it, exactly. Like, I think like, that well, if that's I, sitting behind your military, yeah, then exactly, yes, it is exactly. has an imperialist. You know, and I mean, we've got a particularly stance. good good concept we have a good ideology governing our military where it's called the South African Defence Force you know it's we have I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty like I think in general our military is like it's not bad you know I think I think we have a good I idea I just don't think they have much to do it. 
I just don't think they have much to do. And that's kind of the point, is that it's a huge waste of resource. And I could be, it could be implemented into civil situations with the right yeah, training. Yeah, I think we can use that. I think that's the point. Yeah, where we're the, trying the to whole get is point that is that the military should be used in civil situations with the right training. Yeah, for, um, not as a force unit. Not as a you could use you can use it as a practical unit, a practical unit. to provide like civil relief and etc etc, and then on top of that, those nuclearized civil services civil service units can be fleshed out and um, more people can feed into those things. You know, yeah. Yeah. Okay, if any of you guys are part of the SANDF, South African National Defense Force, yeah, hit us up. Let us yeah. know what it's like. Let us know what your training is like. Otherwise, um, um, or yeah. if you've done any sort of police training, or also interested in that and how think, extensive it is, and yeah. what the specific, especially when it comes to dealing with like civil disobedience cases and yeah. just like maintaining peace. I'm very interested in what exact specific training happens. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. We're just a bit of a brain fart, but um, yeah, I think a lot of good points in there. Um, yeah, keep well, stay safe, and uh, and yeah, don't aggravate people with rifles. It's just a bad idea. That's a no. Yeah. Cheers. Perfect.